Welcome everyone to Conversations with Tanya and Pedro. This is a podcast brought to you by the Innerland Institute. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations with Tanya and Pedro. I am so excited to have with us today our dear, dear friend and colleague, colleague Delise Sylvester, who is a total rainmaker. She's been in, the, uh, in over three decades of social innovation expertise. She's uh, connecting thousands of social entrepreneurs with corporate leaders, thought leaders, and new media partners. She was a key person in Ashoka Changemaker. She led over 60 co-branded global campaigns with partners such as National Geographic, Nike, GE, G20, eBay, Google, and the Robert Wood Johnson, Rockefeller, and Gates Foundations. Woo! <laughs> With CUSO, uh, um, she focused on Aboriginal cultural rights in Canada and the South Pacific. And as an executive director of Selkirk College Foundation, she led a team to establish the first BC Rural Innovation Chair. She is currently a member of BC Partners for Social Impact, CEO of Social Currents, and also working as a key partner with Urban Matters. So welcome, Delise, and a very, very dear, dear friend of mine as well. So welcome, welcome. Oh, and of course, an Innerland coach too. Yes, Tanya. <laughs> the most important part. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, it's great to be here with two lovely, lovely people in my life, both you and Pedro. Yes. Thank you, Delis. It's such a joy thinking back. It's been so many years since uh, we've known each other uh, uh, as families as well. And just uh, I was, as Tani was reading uh, your bio, I was, oh my goodness, looking back at also uh, our interaction together and, and your professional uh, experience. It's just amazing. And um, I think uh, first, I think for, for our, our listeners today, I think uh, you know, it'd be wonderful if, if you can share a little bit about yourself in your own words. How do you see yourself? Uh, uh, you know, we've, we've heard the bio and who, who are you? Oh, gosh. That's why you guys are the most important, um, because you ask the questions um, that get right to the heart of the matter. Uh, who am I? Mm, you're going to make me start crying right away. <laughs> I, just, I thought it was going to take at least 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Why wait? Um, I feel that I'm a person that's in relationship um, with others that uh, both share a, a common set of milestones on the journey and um and help us both sc scrape off the stones so you see oops excuse me where you're leading to and also um those who are, who are not necessarily wanting to be on um the path but are curious and um 
So I feel, you know, there's a great line by Alan Mansky. I'm kind of a little bit of a bridge innovator. I like to live in both of those worlds. I like to be in the world of people who are spending a lot of deep time looking at um, what their purpose is, what, what their desire for an equitable world might be, um, what their part of it in it is, um, questioning all that goes into that, deconstructing it, because there's a lot of ego as I have learned in that space as well. And also being able to bring some of the um, felt sent, heart-centered um, knowings that you both have facilitated uh, an understanding to others that um, I may not use the same words that we, were, we use or maybe the same processes, but I know in my work life, family life, member of a community, collegial, all of that, that we all kind of share this vulnerable part of ourselves that um, is longing to be seen and cracked open. Yeah. So... And I, I really love what you do and what you share. And I wanted to ask you, especially right now in these unprecedented times, um, what do you believe is being asked of us um, in, in this relating? Like, what would you say that in this constant ongoing relationship that we're in, this particular situation we are in is asking of us? Um, maybe it's asking something incredibly simply of us um, just to feel through the experience of this time. I'm not sure where the real compass is right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think people are saying, you know, ask me in a year from now or 10 years from now, what's going on right now? That's sort of, I have a lot of historians in my family. It takes a while to digest and reflect and look at what has transitioned to really understand the times we're living in, but we're living in it. Like we're living in massive transformation. Yeah. And uh, thank God we are, because honestly, before COVID, um, the pandemic and through, you know, the awareness that Black Lives Matter and other voices have brought around the inequities, there's kind of a before and after moment. Like I feel very much culturally we were somewhere else and overnight we're somewhere else. Mm. And I, I can't, you know, and I think we were all who had some understanding of the, the challenges we had environmentally and democratically and a whole host of it, that we were sleepwalking. We literally were in a dorsal phase of just like literally zombies. I now understand zombie culture now because <laughs> I feel like that's what we were living, the zombie culture. And now it's starting to look at all of the sci-fi, which I was never interested in, but I actually think that's the core of what they were talking about in those, in those, uh, great stories is that 
what does it mean when you're sleepwalking and taking your seven generations with you over the yeah. And now we have this beautiful moment. And I always believed that this moment would arise. And I just, you know, couldn't have had those moments with the inner land of deep, deep spiritual connection to where everything just gets super simple. Um, space starts expanding that we wouldn't get one more, we wouldn't get a chance at this, right? So I feel like we're in a very, very rapid evolutionary moment. Yes. Required to evolve very rapid, like almost like the design constraints are getting narrower and narrower. That is true. That is so true. And I think what the work that we've been doing, you know, at Innerlands before it was, it felt like a privilege or something or like a commodity that you were just were able to do because you got that you, you understood that there was something important to deconstruct. You understood that there was inherited narratives that weren't, weren't serving you. But right now with this rampant change, I mean, there's no option. We're demanded. It's no longer a choice. We're demanded to let go of all the zombie-like narratives, like stories, thoughts about life. For example, climate change can happen overnight. We can't stop the carbon emissions, you know, fast enough. Um, uh, you know, this inequity and the discrepancy socially has to, will have a, like a long evolutionary change. And right now we're demanded to, and we are seeing, not only as, uh, we're being asked, we're seeing that we are changing so fast. So now this work that we've been doing is not um, just on the sidebar of something. It's really at the core and at the center of the skill set needed to let go of all of this. At least that's, that's how I see it. I, I see my job changing all the time right now in so many ways. But how do you experience it? I agree with everything you say. I, you know, and if I didn't have this experience with you and Pedro, I would not have understood what this is. Like, so there's a witnessing moment in all of this. Um, so there was, a, there was a whole session, a weekend that we spent on, you know, do you control, do you move through your life? Do you, even a simple one that you had, Tanya, which is, do you make the toast or is a toast toaster making you? Mm -hmm. How could that not be true right now? There is nothing we have done to transition the moment. <laughs> We've been transitioned. <laughs> We've been transitioned. No question in my mind. And I think that's what the beautiful and the given mental mindsets of control and how organizations move movements and how a set of behaviors need to be told and people need to shift towards instead of policies and practices and all of that, nothing that we did would have projected that change happening. Never. We just got toasted. <laughs> That is such a great point. Never 
even the people that were saying we're going to have a pandemic or there's going to be a, a virus thing happen, never could they have ever predicted where we are at now. Not, not the most incredible sages in economy or, you know, probability or statistics. And, and, and for me, you know, I, I, when, when I show up in, uh, um, in sessions these days, people are more willing than ever to, to adapt, but also very scared. So yeah. it's, it's a, so it's, um, it's a double, double experience. It's like, yes, I want to change and yet, and I, and I am so, so scared. Have you experienced that too? Well, you mentioned that before that um, it was a nice to have. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you didn't say it was a nice to have. People were in deep pain. When yeah. They come to you in her land for, you know, some understanding of that pain. And I think people recognize with the pain that sometimes, um, you know, it does need attention, you know, it, and, and, talk therapy and a whole host of other things are just not cutting it. So I think, you know, people are coming for relief from pain. Uh, but that, uh, but the limitation on it just being a personal set of pain, like I got to work on myself. So I'm not experienced pain to mm -hmm. now people understanding it's, it's um, an existential pain that goes beyond even the parameters of the planet. I think that's the shift. If it's not understood mentally, it's been felt in some way. Yeah. And so I think that's why people are so scared because the, the space just grew. The space of, of, you know, any existential space is all of it. And I think people's limited entry point to their own personal pain is now being reflected in movements around equity, a whole host of things, a whole host of cascading things. But I think it's the, um, the, the lack of grounding. Nobody can really know right now what the ground is. And I mean, I think what the beautiful part of what you and Pedro bring is, that's actually what you were talking about and experiencing all along, the groundlessness. Yes. And, and, and people's orientation to personal um, just got, exploded and um the groundlessness is much bigger and uh we're all in it together yeah one of, one of the uh one, one of the questions we always uh pose present uh to people we're we're chatting with in in this uh uh podcast is you know the our the what we mainly practice in Innerland in our programs is is uh, inquiry-based coaching or or or, or self-inquiry, and I always ask the people we are chatting with, how could you how would you explain inquiry to others? Uh, number one, and then there's a follow-up question, Elise. Um, what have been uh, and this really resonates with me. I I have in my mind very clear instances when a process of inquiry has delivered insight. Uh, and I think we've all experienced it. So the second question or the follow-up question is, um, would you mind tell us, uh, telling us a little bit about 
those moments for you? And, and what is it that, that was seen? What is it that was discovered? Hmm. How would I explain inquiry to others? Or how would you describe it? Or if someone was, you know, oh, what, what is it this, what's this thing that you did? That, you know, what's this thing that you do? Hmm. That's, that's a, I don't know why I'm kind of stumped on that because you're not the only one. <laughs> it feels like do know this is a difficult question, and it's always kind of uh, okay. I mean, because we know what it, what the experience is. We 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 know the the how to bring it about, how to practice it. But how how would you describe it? Well. I'll tell you why I feel like it's difficult right now, but maybe I can backcast because I think it would have been easier for me to describe it in the first couple of years with you both. Mm -hmm. Now it feels like it's in the water supply. It's hard <laughs> to separate inquiry from who I, who I am in the world now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a simple entry point that you showed me was that, um, the, the, the painful fear, feelings were an orientation mm. towards uh, witnessing the different states of experiences so that um, there was, a, there was uh, an ability to see my, uh, the, the drama or the, the theater of the mind and the theater of the emotions and, and, and enjoy um, the, the many acts <laughs> of the production and recognize that's not who I am. Yeah. And so there was deep release from that and there was profound expansion. So there's more, you know, so, uh, that was sort of now I'm always in a state of uh, being curious when the emotions come up. And I remember you said this, Pedro, because when, when we were first uh, working together, I'm like, how do these people who have had this experience, you know, know? How, how, do they, how are they so authentic mm -hmm. in expressing themselves? And so you lean in because you trust them instantly because what they're saying is so resonant at a head, heart, and body level. And I think that's what trust is, you know, the essence of trust. And you said, oh, because they can't be, you know, they've done it so, it's a practice. They've done it for so long that to be out of authenticity is more painful than even the pain they experienced that brought them to authenticity. So that was really telling, that was really helpful for, for me because I got it and then I see it. And it wasn't like, oh, these are what I understood enlightened people that somehow are, you know, uh, at a higher level plane and, you know, it's something to reach to or some spiritual connection. No, it was very, very simple. You know, be in the moment. Be, be present with all that is happening in the moment and the, and the practice of inquiry, the practice of what you do 
um, as well as you know the container of both I call call you Pedro the system thinker and I call Tanya the heart connector mm -hmm. um, that that um, that gives you the practice so that these things are not unattainable they're not at like you have to wait for the lightning bolt to happen or you have to be in the cave or you it's really a, a, a discipline like anything else in life is and so when you're out of alignment you feel it and so one of the things i often say to people is inquiry helps never takes away the fumbles yeah. fumbles of life you still are reacting to life in 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 some of your early conditionings but you actually course correct faster you show up faster mm. and i think that's needed right now as we you know yeah. we have to show it that's part of evolution evolutionary processes you evolve so you you adapt to the conditions faster um and so you're able to continue um in your journey so that's that would be one of the ways i describe <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's so true. I, I mean, because every time we ask this question, I mean, to be honest, I relearn it through how people have experienced it. And that is so helpful. And I think that that is, that that has to do with the fact that when we are course correcting, it's not to do, and this is something that I, I really, really, really see that we set ourselves apart as Uh, from every coaching dynamic or any um, perceived self-improvement is that the course correction doesn't come from a more solid or more stronger sense of identity. <laughs> I agree. Like you're going to get some goodies out of it. You're going to be X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's not like now I have the superpower version of myself and therefore, <laughs> you know, no, it's actually the opposite. It's because of what you said earlier it's because i know through the practice so clearly that i'm not the experience that i believe i'm having and i'm not the person that i think is the suffering even though i'm triggered because i've been allowed to access a much broader mm -hmm. much more expansive consciousness um, that is beyond us an i And this is where this is where the system thinking connects us because that's when we become this we collective spaciousness that is so beyond me as a accomplished A B C D blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's more me it's more it's more my consciousness relaxing in everything that I am not yet yeah. I love that, Tanya. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, for listeners, I just, it is such a joy to be with you both. It's just, I mean, I know I'm in alignment when I'm around you too, mm -hmm. and I'm being held. And so the gift that you bring and the commitment you make to every person who walks through the door. And, and I, it, it, I know there is, that this is on the right track because the, the generosity of spirit that comes with inner land. It's mm. just, it's just such a generous, loving place. Who would not want to be part of this? 
And on top of it, it's not a kumbaya moment. It's, it's really, um, we learn we, through a practice, a very, you know, honed and clear practice. It's constantly um, emergent. I feel it sh shifts and change with your, your growing acumen that, you know, we learn how the softness in ourselves and, um, and that softness just grows beyond the parameters of self out to, yeah. to others. So I think it's, um, it's more than a personal practice of getting back to how you open this conversation. I think it is the essential practice of our moment, of oh. this cultural moment. I think it's the essential practice. And you know when you're with leaders who are leading with this softness and, and because those are the ones that are not eliciting, uh, creating polarization. Mm -hmm. you know? oh, thank you, Delise. Because, yeah. you know, now, you know, for, uh, for all the listeners out there that maybe you, you're following or not following, one of the things that I love about Delise is that she's always bringing people together. Like she is an amazing connector and that's one of your superpowers. And I've, I have the privilege of being part of one of your what you call the resource circles which is uh, very talented people in the field of uh, social innovation and change making that are trying to we're trying to right now um sift through this question that you posed that is so important which is what does this moment in time require of leaders like what does it it what is the resilient leader looking like and 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 what new skill set needs to be emerged developed you know forged softly like you said through these changing times and i don't know uh like uh, i i uh, we've been coming you know it's a very very rich dialogue but i at the center we we have um, kind of honed into a few things. First is what you said at the beginning, Renaud, to allow the, to feel. Mm -hmm. So the era of the numbing leader or the leader that is numbed or that pretends to be strong by numbing is over. Yeah, absolutely. And the systems that are created to numb. Yes. Yeah like quarterly um, stakeholder reports. <laughs> well, yeah. Say more about that. And reports, right. Like all these proxies that look like it's, it's, a, it's a high functioning operating system, but in fact, it's what you talk about all the time, Tanya. It's actually a scaffolding or false scaffolding to allow people to turn away. Yeah. To moment because you know for uh, for many reasons for many many reasons yeah well so i remember you said to you know like i feel like was i focused on anti-racism and anti-violence and race you know racialized youth i was absolutely if you talk to me i would say yes 
course I am, and blah, 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 blah. But now it's a different consciousness. Yeah. What, what am I holding in my body from a mind, heart, and um, full sense about this moment? And, and you did an exercise with us, which was really do not turn away. So choose, choose the one part around uh, a racist act or a racist um, uh, story or whatever that you know you could not hold. Mm -hmm. And be there, look at it, hear it, feel it. Yeah. And the transformational experience of that, like for me, it's like so many people, what, I, what should I do? What should I do? You know, in this moment. And it's putting a lot of pressure on the individuals who are, who are leading the movement to, to, to solve everybody's needs for what do I do? And the reality is in that simple act, yeah. so profound about, okay, you show up, you're here, you, you see, you feel the experience. You cannot turn away from the situation of inequity when you feel it and experience it. Um, at that sensory level. There's so much information that comes about how to live life through, through, work, through Interland's inquiry process. It's rich yeah. ways forward, yeah. And, I, and, and that, is, that is another, that brings us to like another quality. It's not a time to rationalize and solve quick answers. Mm -hmm. It's not a time to say, okay, 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 people, this is horrible. Let's do answer A, B, C. This is what we're going to do. This is the plan. It's yeah. kind of, no, slow down. <laughs> breathe. Take it in. Really feel what is happening around you. Take in the pain, the joy, the beauty, you know, because with COVID and the Black Lives Matter and everything, we're having both, right? And having the blessings of slowing down and taking a break from the fast-paced things and then we're having also then this pivoting into this social systemic racism issue where we have to breathe in so much pain um, to understand uh, what is actually also part of our world right now Mm -hmm. And it's not only that, you know, it's now, I think the other day, the other day, um, my, uh, Julian was telling me, you know, with all the money that people have, how is it that, that like these very m huge moguls in the world are not pouring more and more money to the, to the hungry and to the, and these things are the questions and the reflections that they, that they should be having because because it's not a answer, an, an answer that we go, oh, well, that's the system. No, it's, it's the, the answer that I gave him. It's because our capitalist economic system is flawed. And we've made it faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. And faster. So we don't, so we have less time to look at that. But now we stopped. And now we have nowhere to go. No numbing, I mean, our numbing reduced uh, tremendously. And then we have to, and then we are invited to look again. Yeah. 
no question about it yeah and it's um, yeah Right. And, yeah. and and you are a key person right now because you are the person that has consistently invited people to look forever. But before it just sounded like privilege again, also your work. And now it's like, oh my God, we need a delease and a social currents to bring the people together to understand that no more individualization will get us out of this that we need to join forces yes it's a belonging moment there's no question about it a belonging moment not a shaming moment it's a belonging mm -hmm. moment. And, and it's just like oh god the softness that's all the i can think of the word because you know i'm addicted you know the, what mm -hmm. both of you worked with me is my addiction addiction to struggle yeah the, the activist mindset wanting to lift move this rock from here to over there yeah and you know <laughs> we the world is just revealing itself in a very very different way um about how change actually does happen it's 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 fascinating to me absolutely it's the softness that shifts it's the it's, it's this expansive softness that everyone feels because the softness is actually belonging. Yeah. You know, we talk about if people were authentic in the room and they would say in the room, oh my God, this is so far from my values. This is, I think what we're saying is insane. <laughs> um, I don't see this. I don't want to be here because it makes me feel like shit or I don't want my children in this room or I don't want the, my children or my grandchildren to live in the world that we're creating here. Um, if people just named what they're feeling in the moment, the authentic, you know, the authenticity, every, all, everything would start cracking so quickly. So quickly. And so, yeah. So it's no more pretending we have everything under control. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't. And I think this is the moment where you just, it's the first cultural moment that I've experienced. Like my dad said, I phoned my dad one night and I just said, um, you know, because he lived with, through the depression and, you know, the end of the second, first world, or let's say the trauma of the first world war with his parents. Uh, he wasn't born at the time, but definitely the, the cultural boom um, and echo from that then the depression, then the second world war, and then, you know, um, all the cascading, the, the belief in technology and the growth and all of that sort of stuff. And I said, dad, has there ever been a moment like this in your life? Like in, in all of that transition, he said, no, but I imagine that the people that had the nuclear bomb drop on them in, in Japan would say that was a moment. Hmm. So it's just kind of like uh, no one can predict what's going to transform our, can transform us. And right now, we're, what's really interesting, where that was kind of localized to Japan, unfortunately, um, there's even nothing global at this level. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the things that really shakes me to to the core in this experience we're all having at the moment is. Uh, 
when when looking back at at uh, you know great great instance of tragedy as 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 you were sharing in the world we've we've gone through we've gone through many uh but we've never been so instantly technologically radically connected we've never had this ability to immediately react immediately uh, present ourselves in, in whatever position we were presenting ourselves. And that really blows my mind. I mean, the fact that uh, this whole movement, Black Lives Matter, just uh, suddenly came out, you know, like a second wave out of, out of this uh, horrible incident we, we all witnessed uh, uh, with Mr. Floyd. But, but the power is more and more being uh, literally driven to you know the the i don't want to say the masses but the, you know us yeah it's not the masses anymore it's us it's it's we we are driving more and more you know governments are becoming yes. the reactors of, of yes. this drive the, the the ones that have to manage this force this integrity this moving forward rather than being the you know the ones that know all and the ones that are guiding with policy and this and that there's there's a, there's a an awareness an, an overall human awareness an overall human consciousness um that is starting to shine in a way that it's it's just beautiful and maybe maybe it was the the time that we gave ourselves as we you know kind of hid from from the virus kind of stayed home kind of went into that inner world kind of allowed ourselves to stop kind of slow down right and and so i i think we don't have a parallel and so from this very very new situation and powerful situation What's your what's what's your take for the future, considering that we are in a situation that we've never been before that has these unique, you know, aspects that we've never experienced before? What is going to unfold? So I am, for, I used to call myself an optimism. Optim, uh, what's the word? <laughs> optimist thank you um but but through the work with in, uh, inquiry and you know innerland and your inquiry i just see myself as more centered um and that centeredness is uh i've been able to experience joy mm. in a way even through fear mm. taking the most you know Tanya's, Tanya's asked for us to look at the most, the toughest situation that we turn away became a window to joy. Mm -hmm. um, the deepest fear I've had have become a window to joy. So I trust now that these, there's a divining stick in there that helps you, all, constantly directs you to joy and connection. So it's not neutral. It is joy. Mm -hmm. Joyous, it's it's love, it's connection. So I do believe that's our future. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do believe that's our natural state. It's already there, and we're we're rediscovering it. Just the way with with Innerland, I had to rediscover what was already there, and now we get this collective, this global ability 
to rediscover what was already there. So I have great hope. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you if it's already there? We don't have to strive for anything. Yeah. So I feel like the future is relational. I feel it's relational to self. I think it's relational to other. I think it's relational to systems. I think it's relational to place. I think it's relational to the, you know, to things. I think it's relational. Everything is about a joyous relationship, which doesn't mean any of the trappings of economic security or, you know, a Yale or Harvard degree or all the things that we think they are. I think we're going to have a reorganizing back to what we already know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, well, I see the youth. I see um, the 30-year-olds, the 20-year-olds, um, the teens. I see them so enlightened as a collective. Yes. I see them, very. what you say, very clear that it's about relation. I see them adjusting their life goals, you could say, in a dramatically different way. So, for example, still my generation was about, okay, how am I going to get the job that's going to get me the house or it's going to get me a, 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 a way of life that will get things, for example, just in very broad terms. And the people in their 20s, it's not about that anymore. It's not about how am I going to get the job that I, so I get the things. It's more about who do I want to be in the world and how am I going to live in a way that creates maximum uh, connectivity, connection, relational connection, yes. and minimal impact materialistically. So I, 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 I really see the difference. I mean, I see that a lot of the anger in broad strokes, again, is still in the boomer generation. There's still yeah. like in the reactivity that I notice, And the, 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 the co-creation is coming with the younger generation. So I really think that we are just really composting everything. So when your grandsons are in their 20s, they're going to have a glorious planet, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Just to, 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 to give a, a taste of what you said, my daughter um, is very uh, committed to, to um, indigenous um, uh, rights. And so she went to Victoria very late at night. She, just, she, she was traveling for a 12-hour drive. She was in Vancouver. She decided she was going to go over to the parliament to, to sit. Um, around, uh, you know, the, the pipeline issue. And uh, she said, Mom, I arrived there. I sat down. Someone brought me a blanket, piece of pizza, um, asked me if I wanted some salad. And, and someone came and sat down and said, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, my God. My, my activism was you work 16-hour days. <laughs> you don't get fed. <laughs> There's no time to go pee, you know, like we got to get on this. We got to do, 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 you know, like it, she's, it was all relational. Yeah. Caring, you know, so yeah. And of course that's what will, will compound the ability to, to be in relationship to self and others and, and, 
the planet. And yeah. so, yeah, it's hopeful. It's very hopeful. It's true. And I think that that's what, um, well, you once said something to me that really stuck with me. You said, you know, in this retreats and the workshops and the work that we're doing at Innerland, you said, I'm, I was at a, at a stage in my life that I thought that I would never create the depth of relationships that I, that I could have created that I created when I was younger or like in, in, in the activist years and that later in life we just um, don't, are not capable. And, 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 and that you saw that how that wasn't true, that the way of relating through inquiry and the way of being yeah. that we hold together. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's been the most profound and connecting and heart opening of my life. And, uh, and I mean, you are a very clear example of, of that connection and friendship and, yes. and this, you truly become family and it's not, and, and who, and what you do, um, in the world is of lesser, it's the outer circle. The inner circle is how do you show up in relations? <laughs> the people that, so when we get together, uh, with Innerland, um, and I see my people mm -hmm. um, uh, and every one of them, it doesn't matter, right? You, it doesn't matter how long you spend. It's the authentic connection. I have no idea what they do. <laughs> no, I don't know what their politics are. I know none of that. And what I do know is that, you know, it's not an elevated place either because we look at each other and we know how much we continue to struggle. We, you know, it doesn't end. No. The pain doesn't end. The not, you know, the compass back to self never ends. No. And so you're in it together. And so there's always a reason to be together too, because you're supporting each other. Because it's, it, it will, it continues. There's no magic moment. Because the reality is, that's what brings you to self. To, that's what brings you to the, to the belonging is all of those different emotions, all of those different triggers, all of those things that just keep on coming. Yeah. I love it. And, and, and that's, I think, that's the, the point that we are talking about. It's not about avoiding feeling or the pain because life will keep throwing us curveballs. It's, it's about how we, are, we can adapt together. And, and that's, yeah. I think, that's your superpower over and over to re- in the reinvitation to rethink the system, yeah, to rethink the way that we will now navigate this new way of being that has been thrown at us. Mm -hmm. I agree, and I, I'm I'm dedicated to having inner land and the work you do become at the center of so many of the processes that I'm involved in. It is so clearly required, needed all of that. And what I find really interesting, you know, this cultural shift we talk about before and after it literally is overnight. Everything changed. <laughs> Everything changed too in that when I would talk about this, it would be seen as so counterculture to who people needed to be in the workplace. And now that's not happening. That's changed. Yeah. That's changed. But now people need now the resources. It, yeah. It's one thing to go, yes, I'm open now. I absolutely see it. Just like, like uh, you know, racialized. Now we see it. 
we see it at a deep level. Mm-hmm. How do we not see it is, you know, the big question. But the reality is it's here, it's the moment, it's now. And it's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with uh, a reflection of who am I and how do I show up? And how do I resource myself to be able to live in uncertain times in a way that is joyful, contributing, all of those things. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the work that you and Pedro do is so critical to that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, thank you, Delise. I mean, you, the three of us could go on and on and on. We're, think, we're, gonna, we're just going to stop there for everybody, anybody that's listening and if you want to find out about Delise, they can find you at social. Where can they find you, Delise? Oh, I don't have a website. It's obvious. <laughs> Delise at Social Currents, right? Yeah, Delise at Social, D E L Y S E at Social um, hyphen or dash currents, U R R E N T S dot com. Yeah. Wonderful. As, as, as uh, you can see to our listeners, uh, the least Tanya and I could go on and on and on and on forever and ever and ever and just, you know, come back and fix it and come back and fix it again. Uh, so uh, I agree. It's, it's a good moment to stop. Uh, but uh, if, if this is something that's, you know, moved you in some way or, or, or you're interested in learning more, let us know. Uh, we're here. We're, we're open. We're seeing tremendous profound transformation in ourselves, Tanya and I, and, uh, and in the people uh, we, work, uh, we work with and together uh, are uh, very happy to uh, support anyone. Mm. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. you so much Happy again. Girl. Yes. Take care. You too. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you for joining us in another podcast brought to you by the Innerland Institute. Learn more about what we do at innerland.com.